0: Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz. I'm so excited that you are joining us today. Here at Speak With People, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we hope that our time today uh, inspires you to breathe life with your communication into your world. Uh, So here's a question for you. Where do you turn for help, support, and encouragement to share ideas about your communication or your leadership? Well, Just a little pitch, this is why the Speak With People community group exists. It's a growing, fun, supportive community where uh, leaders just like you, like me, we all come together to work on becoming healthier and more effective communicators. So just head to facebook.com slash groups slash speak with people and join that group today. Well, I'm so excited to dive into today's podcast. We're going to talk a lot about uh, communicating with ourselves, uh, making the choice to be positive with our self-talk, uh, so do you ever talk to yourself? you ever wondered, how do I talk to myself? Are there conversations uh, and the words that you speak to yourself that stand out? Are they positive? Are they negative? We're going to discover how the words we choose uh, to address ourselves with can significantly impact our choices. Uh, how are our choices held back? How are our decisions, our leadership skills? And so hopefully this time we'll challenge your preconceptions. We'll have fun exploring new uh, territories and really just challenge you to transform some of your thinking. Well, I am honored today to introduce today's guest. She's just a fantastic and amazing leader, former TV executive, built an incredible executive coaching business, worked with just thousands of incredible C-suite and executive leaders. Uh, She's the author of The Choice Is Yours, I've really enjoyed going through this book. We're going to give away a few of the copies in the Speak With People Facebook group, and I'm excited to have her on the Speak With People podcast today. Welcome to the podcast, Steph Ziv.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Just a little funny story as we begin. uh, Offline. I always try to ask the guests uh, for pronunciation of their names to make sure I don't get that wrong. And I, (laughs) I didn't this time. And so one of the things we love about the speak with people podcast is we kind of roll with it. And so thank you. Like just a minute ago, I pronounced Steph's name uh, a little bit incorrectly. And so we kind of redid that part. And I love that about communication that we are able to have those conversations and make sure that we, uh, we do it. Right. I love that. Me too. I love I'm it. all about it. <laughs> well, hey, could you tell us just a little bit more about your story, who you are, what you do so our our audience and our listeners can get a get a feel for who you are? Sure. So,
1: um I actually like to say that I am a camp counselor at heart. Like I started my life going to summer camp when I was 7 years old and then wow. I went to my sleepaway camp when I was 10 and I was there until I was 24 years old. So, <laughs> During that time that I was at camp, I held every position possible, up into up to the um, assistant director of the summer camp. So oh, I lovely. always felt like I had this inner camp counselor in me, and that's kind of the essence of who I am. And so, um, but I also always wanted to be. Phil Donahue, if you, Hmm. and I'm really dating myself there, but (laughs) Phil Donahue was like pre-Oprah and back in the day when talk shows were a thing and I wanted to be a talk show host, but I also really loved, I grew up with Free to Be You and Me, which was by Marlo Thomas and Friends. And this was kind of like, all about the equality of men and women, which now today sounds archaic, but it's true. Um, I mean, it doesn't really in in the scheme of of men and women in terms of, you know, money and whatever. But in terms of gender, I guess in terms yep. of there's so many more um, levels and layers of that of that realm. So, but the point is that Marlo Thomas, I always say, if Marlo Thomas and Phil Donahue had a child, I would be it. Now it turns out that Marlo <laughs> Thomas and Phil Donahue did get married, ironically, <laughs> and so I still consider myself their unofficial love child. But um, I did want to be a talk show host, and I also really loved television, and and I loved the idea of having a mission. Mm. And so I did go, I started my career actually after I was the assistant director of my summer camp, where I was a 24-year-old leader. Mm. Um, I. I then left that job and traveled aimlessly across the country uh, for about three and a half months. And I landed in Los Angeles where I knew one person. And then I started to then I was a production assistant there and I got into the world there and then I was only going to stay for six months. And six years later, I'm like, oh, my Lordy, there are no (laughs) seasons here. I got to go. So I left with no job and I moved to New York two months before September 11th happened with, you know, the world changed. Yep. Um, I decided to stay, and so I then I became the um, vice president of development at Oxygen at the network Oxygen. Oh wow! Um, which at the time was not now it's a crime network, and at the time it was a women's network. And while I was there, well, I would say before going before going to New York, I actually started a master's in spiritual psychology. It was called. I started this amazing program, which was all about. Um, kind of looking at thyself. It was kind of like a Mm. personal and professional development workshop on steroids and and it was a master's program. So I had that. And then I moved to New York. I became the vice president of development at oxygen. And as much as I loved my job and I loved my my team and I loved leading and I loved kind of being my version of a camp counselor there, (laughs) (laughs) I um, kind of, I had a moment where I, really kind of had that one of those moments of like if i could do anything i would be a personal development workshop leader Mm. like a facilitator and i had someone say to me well why don't you be a life coach and i was like i don't know what that is it was 2006 when i heard this so it was kind of like pre the you know the influx of of this yep of this career path and so while i was still a vice president at this network i ended up going and getting certified on the side and while i was and the, so i was certified on november 12th of 07 and i was let go with with a severance because nbc ended up buying oxygen and i had this opportunity to leave so i left with the severance on november 28th and to be perfectly honest it was I look back at that choice and I, I question it often mm. and I say, because the road to success was rocky and many, many highs and many, many lows. And three years into that experience of leaving, I was, 30, I was 37, about to be 38 when I left. And three years later, I failed miserably and I mm. found myself turning 41 on my father's sofa and then had to go back to the entertainment industry to kind of like pick up pieces and then, um, I got fired again and I, not again, I got fired from, from the job I had. And, and then I got on the, the today show as a coach and kind of everything thankfully took off from there. So,
0: wow.
1: But lots to read about the more of those blank. We, we can fill in many, many more blanks in the introduction chapter yes. in my book, which, yes, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but <laughs> you, can, you, you can say what, what it's called.
0: Yes. So you're telling me though, because uh, I know we have, we have a good amount of entrepreneurs that listen, um, your, your journey on this, it wasn't just automatically all incredible and everything up to the right? <laughs> uh, no. No, it was not. No, yeah. it was not. It is, I had
1: no idea what I was doing. I yep. went into it for like, oh, I want to serve and I want to be of support and I want to help people. And it's like, that is excellent. And that is not a business plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, boy, you know, I say it in both a, uh, kind of judgy way, but then it's, it's not judgy because I'm in that same boat. But when I launched speak with people, I just never anticipated how incredibly hard it is to start something on, you, you know, your own and get momentum. And then I think of, you know, I'm, I'm a gen Xer. So I, you know, I'm, here with the generations, and then I think of our Gen Zers now, who I hear things like, you know, well, I, oh, I've been here at my job for three months, and why am I not a VP? <laughs> <You> know.
1: <laughs> I know. And Gone I, are the days of hunger. Gone right? are the days of of like, I will get your coffee, and I right. will you know, clean up your mess and get your dry cleaning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pay your dues is really not a, (laughs) is not uh, a thing. Okay. So you referenced the first chapter of the book. I love the first chapter. Uh, And one of the things that you said though, before we kind of hone in on that, you you talked about how you are a a people collector and a people connector. I I love that. Could you just, yeah. what What, what, how do you define a people collector and a people connector?
1: I think my innate way of being in the world is that I I connect. I, I I am very curious. I like to talk to people. I will find out everything about them. I I without even thinking, I I immediately dive into any conversation to find out where I'm connected to them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the connector part of me. But the collector is that I just realized that I have been over the years, like I just had before the pandemic, I, I on February 29th of 2020, I actually had a big party for my 50th birthday party. Mm. And, and I had 115 people there from, from the, from, and the people who were there were my first friend, like one of my best friends that I met when I was seven up until people that I met like within the past year. Wow. So I feel like I have, when I say people collector, I mean, I'm someone who meets people, I connect deeply and I stay in touch. Mm. And I do that innately. And I do that with business people. I do that with personal people. I do that with family. You know, I'm very much the glue in my in my group friend, in my, you know, and I have many, many, many groups of, yep. of friends from all parts of my life and that I really stay connected with. And it's innate, it's not even something I feel like, it doesn't feel like I have to, it doesn't feel like a, a strain on me. It's, an, it's a very natural way of my being.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what advice, you know, I'm just gonna go off of that a little bit because I think you just gave us like some incredible gold, especially, you know, uh, as we're trying to build a platform or build connections or networks, what advice would you give the leader who's going, okay, I don't, I don't have anybody to connect with. Uh, how how do I even start with some of that connecting? I, this is just fascinating. I would love love some of your thoughts here.
1: Well, can I ask you something? Sure. So tell me a little bit more about like, give me an example of where that might be coming from, if you don't mind, like in your own life. Is there, are you struggling to? connect or, or have people, it's easier for me if I yeah. don't just give blanket advice, but if there's yeah. something very specific that maybe is relatable to your audience yeah. as well, I can answer the general question, but I'm just curious to know from where that question comes.
0: Yeah. I, So in my own life, I've always, I resonate deeply with what you just said. I've always, I I love that. So you and I were, we're tracking, but I coach some leaders who, you know, they'll say things like, well, I'm not good with people you are, or I'm not good around groups of people, or I don't even know where to start. You know, how do I, you know, connect with somebody, let alone connect deeply with them. So that's kind of where I was coming at it from that end, you know, with some folks. So
1: that's really helpful thank you so what i would say based on that example is that it does start with a belief Mm. it starts with a story that you're telling yourself right it starts with and and again i think that there's a really good opportunity here for anyone listening if this is resonating to think about what are the stories that i tell myself about my entrepreneurial life about myself as a people collector or a people connector do, mm. Is is there something in the way already that might be stopping you from being more open to just understanding how you already do connect? Like how, wow. how you, Jason, connect, how I connect might be different than how someone else connects. So so I would say, like, find your innate way of, of connection. It might be going to a meetup group. It might be joining something like BNI, if that mm. still exists, like yep. business networking. Yep, sure does. That's what the eye is, And, you know, like like so find whatever feels innate for you it might be that you ask people that you're going on all these um maybe you're maybe you're just setting up a bunch of coffees with a bunch of people and asking them can you can you introduce me to two or three more people and maybe Mm. that's the way in which you connect but whatever the whatever the action is that you choose to take the opportunity before you even take that action is to really be conscious of what your intention is, what you want to vision, what you want to create and allow that to dictate play. Because so often unconsciously we might be running a story that says, who am I to, Mm. or I'm not enough, or no one's interested in connecting with me. And that is the stuff that gets to be altered, shifted, transformed in service to your highest and best going forward.
0: Oh my goodness. I just love that. I love that. I mean, I, I you know, I have uh, been a connector, I, I think for many, many years, but even the sitting down with someone over coffee and asking them who are two and three people that you, could, I mean, I love that. That is absolute gold and specifically can help younger leaders or leaders who are just, maybe there's this wall of fear, you know, stopping yeah. them from going, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can connect with anybody. I love that. That's just
1: fantastic. Yeah. And, and I think it's very personal, like the way in which, like my sister's an introvert, right? I'm an extrovert. The way my sister connects is very different than the way I connect. So again, it's about like know thyself, check in with yourself, say what what lights me up? Like what are scenarios that lights me up? Like is mm. it is it the one-on-one? Is it the more, is it the bigger meetup groups? Is it the, the networking opportunities? You know, do you, you do you, boo-boo.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. So kind of keeping, uh, going, you know, uh, with your book, I was thinking about when it does come to choices, you know, our own personal choices, the choices that we make, it feels like sometimes I could be way off here, but it feels like sometimes a lot of us, we self-sabotage at times and we don't, we may know the best choice is out there. We may see it in front of us, but maybe there's too much fear. You know, maybe we're keep waiting for someone to want to make it for us. Why do you think sometimes we, we, we do that self-sabotage or we don't make the best choice or run after it? would love your, your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, okay. So the way I would answer that is in chapter four of my book, um, I talk about, it's called who's sitting at the head of your table.
0: Oh yeah. Yep.
1: And If you think about right now think about a dining room table and that we all have this inner community let's say and instead of it being family and friends sitting around this table think about it as different parts of ourselves that's sitting around the table so all of us have some basic parts we have love and fear to your point we have doubt and confidence we have happiness and sadness and we have different parts like the imposter or the not enough or we might have the perfectionist. Yep. Me, I have that, you know, um, is there a part that you have, Jason, that you would add to this table?
0: Oh, you know, I, you may have already said it, you know, sometimes I think I kind of live too much in the imposter syndrome, you know, like, Ooh, I don't, am I really invited to this table? (laughs) You know, I'm not not good enough. That's self doubt. Yeah totally self-doubt so
1: so if you think about all these parts are all around the the table all the time and there's probably many more right but the question is always who's sitting at the head of the table Mm. and when we ask that question so if self-doubt is sitting at the head of the table or the imposter or you know who am i to not enough that is going to actually impact our choices consciously and unconsciously wow. so that when we're when we're choosing maybe that which is not quote best for us we get to ask what part of us is the is sitting at the head of the table who's the authority in that moment i.e. who's the author inside the word authority is author. And then author, the part of us that's sitting at the head of the table as the authority is authoring a story that we're telling about ourselves that may or may not be fully accurate. So if the imposter is sitting at the head of the table and that's the part that's in charge, and that's the part that we're now giving the pen to to author our choices, to author our story, that's what's having the impact that may not be what the highest and best for us really wants. Yep. So there's yep. an opportunity always. This is like the first step in any of this is to take inventory and is to really understand who's sitting at the head of my table. Like if you, I always say like, if you wanna know what you want, look at what you have. And if you say you want to have a successful business, but your business is failing, that that's not a blame or shame game that. That's, I'm not suggesting blame or shame. I'm suggesting take inventory. So go, okay, what part of me is maybe stopping myself? What story am I telling myself? Like, like, where are my fingerprints consciously or unconsciously on this, on these results that I'm, that I'm creating? Because the truth is that we think that when we have the thing, if we have the successful business, if we have the speaking gig, if we have, um the relationship that that we want if we have the connections that we're seeking then we'll be confident then we'll be happy then we'll be successful but the opposite is true it starts with who are we being you know who are we being are we being confident or are we being self doubting and and the choice is yours and either choice is dictating a result so that's really the thing that that's where we get to be like stop look and listen right stop right now yeah. look and see what what you have and listen to yourself about like what are the stories you're telling yourself that's creating these results and if they're aligned amen keep going and if they're not what do you want what what's a different choice you can make to be more aligned with that which you want to create versus that which you do not
0: mm. wow <laughs> well I feel like you just gave us a masterclass right there because as a young business owner and chum and trying to get something off the ground, I'm like, oh my goodness, my table is not set up very well right now. Uh, and so, right, and,
1: and again, by the way, inside of this, it's never about this. Like I encourage everybody you to to not don't be in a blame or shame game. Yeah. That's just going to perpetuate more blame right. and shame. The opportunity, I think of it like you're observing without judgment. So it's like if I'm looking oh. at my hand over here, and I'm I keep a distance from it, right? So I'm looking at my hand now, and I'm going, oh, that's so interesting. My hand is here, and I see a ring on it, and I see some lines that I have the I have you know five fingers, and well, I have four finger than a thumb. And I'm just like observing it without judgment. That's the same way that we can observe without judgment what part of us is sitting at the head of the table. And it's only when we then name it that we can tame it. Like when we name things, then it takes some of the edge off. It takes some of the energy off. And then once we name it and tame it, we can reframe it or change it. And that's our opportunity that's right there. It is.
0: Yeah, because it seems like, I mean, so many of us are held back by this uh, negative self-communication, negative self-talk. I mean, we talk ourselves out yeah. of so many things, you know, and even some of these exercises, even if we did them, you know, daily. I remember. So, you know, I love the, you know, the beginning of your book, the Tony Robbins story. And, I, you know, I've never been to one of his things. I almost snuck in once, you know, and then I was, you know, then the little voice said, no, you can't sneak in. Um, I do remember him talking once I heard a clip on YouTube or whatever about just, you know, first thing in the morning, do a gratitude list. And so, you know, I started doing that years ago just to get over that, those negative voices. That's like, Oh, you don't have enough. Oh, you're not enough. You know, what have you learned or what encouragement would you give to leaders when that negative, you know, talk does come because a lot of times that negative talk, our, our voices from wherever, you know, so I hear some people yeah. call them demons or, you know, and the, but then we join in on it and we remind ourselves, Oh yeah, you didn't do that. Right. Like just what you talked about the blame or shame. So how do we get to a place where, you know, we, we, we stop with that. We eradicate it from our lives and we, you know, bring in this positive or healthy self-talk. So we're able to move forward.
1: I don't think it's about eradicating anything because I don't think that mm. those parts are going away. Okay. So I think it's about ultimately integrating those parts. Mm. And I think about it like I'm not a I'm not a parent, but I am a I'm an auntie, yeah. and um, you know, and I'm a godmother. And I I think about kids, right? And it's like when kids are having a moment where they're either angry or acting out or or, or feeling sad or or not feeling enough or they're scared how are how's a healthy adult going to be with the kid Yep. like they're not going to eradicate them <laughs> they're not going to be like okay that's <laughs> enough for you and throw them out the window right so the opportunity is to really be gentle and listen listen to them i think the part of this is it's not about squashing these voices it's actually about giving them voice in some way because the more you give them voice the more you can listen and hear and then and then that's where the that's where the integration comes in. Right. Mm. Cause it's about enfolding them. If you think about it, like, if you think about them, like they really are little kids and if you want to just like give them a hug and it's like the healthy adult can take over and be like, I, I got you, you are enough. I know you don't feel it, but like I'm going to mm. take over as a healthy adult right now and, and start to put this confidence forth, but you're safe and I'm going to hold on to you or I'm going to send you to the kids table so you can have a break and go yeah. color and relax because you think about those parts have been, I think they've been protectors in some way, right? They're not bad or wrong. They just, they're just, they think they're protecting us from something. But the the choice is, am I willing to say thank you for your service and I'm going to let you go now go to the kids table and I'm going to, and I'm going to take the risk to be vulnerable and be confident and put myself out there and You know and i i think this is first of all this is not a one and done thing everything that i talk about in the book and everything that i'm saying now these are not magic bullets this is the work this is the opportunity for growth this does take a lot of consciousness it takes it takes it takes a lot of conscious choice to make this so and it's it's repetitive so so in the beginning your question about like how do we do this is through repetition so one of the things that i suggest is that you set an alarm on your phone to go off or a reminder however you can interrupt yourself throughout the day every two to four hours and just with a little reminder that might say who's sitting at the head of the table or observe without judgment right now what's occurring in your surroundings whatever that little um indicator light is or whatever that way is that you can kind of stop whatever hijacking might be going on and just become aware of your of what's happening then you can make a different choice if Mm. you need to and sometimes the choice might be like I had an experience when I was writing, ironically, when I was writing the chapter about who's sitting at the head of the table, I was so cognizant at one point that perfection was sitting at the head of my table. Mm. I just could not get over her. She was just there. And she was like full on holding on to the head of the table. And I finally acknowledged it. I said, okay, I am abs- I, like, what, what is this angsty energy within me? And why can't I get past this one sentence and I recognized, oh, I, I like stopped, I turned. Uh, Perfection is sitting at the head of the table. Wow. And you know what? In that moment, I chose to keep her there. Mm. But naming her did not like allowed me to be with her in a different way. Now, could I have put her at the, head, at the kids' table and then brought in like peace or whatever? Maybe. I didn't I knew I was still in my perfection I knew I do, I wasn't happy about what yeah. I was writing I knew I wanted something else and it, and instead of pushing against this and rebelling or feeling the resistance to what was occurring I allowed it and that actually changed that actually in some way maybe she did dissipate maybe she did go to the head, the, the you know the, the kids table because what allowed what al- I, I allowed more peace and ease in that moment. Mm. So maybe she sat next to piece nice. of knees, maybe piece of knees came in and sat next to perfection. And then I was able to write the sentence, you know? <laughs> so I don't know, but, wow. um, but it's a practice. It's a practice and yeah. there's progress and never perfection. This right. is not magic. It is a practice that I invite people to use and to, and, and to use with their teams and themselves
0: and yeah, and each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like what you said there. It's a practice because so often, uh, even if you're a young leader or an older leader, a more seasoned, maybe leader with gray hair, uh, <laughs> you still get into that habit or, or that thought process sometimes of like, I want it tomorrow instead of like, no, every day I need to practice this. I need to put in the time to practice. Um, are there any essential ingredients you know in, in practicing some of that? Uh, healthy self-talk uh, that you found to be successful as as you in your life or as you coach, you know, your clients?
1: I really am adamant about language. I hmm. really think it's important. I changing my shoulds and my have tos to choose to's and want to's has oh. changed my life and it's changed my clients' lives. And it's a, it, it's a, seemingly simple shift. I can't tell you how many times a day I hear people say it's so hard. This is so Mm. hard. This is hard. This is hard. They could be talking about like, you know, you know, making a bed, you know, and (laughs) it's like it's just hard to make my bed is real. Okay, well, that's a that's a story. (laughs) And that's a choice to tell that kind of a story, right? It's just as easy to say, it's so easy to make my bed and Mm. then let that be the leader that follows you to make the bed it's like our language dictates our action our language dictates our life if we say I I instead of saying I should go to the gym if you say I choose to go to the gym that's a very different energy shift
0: Mm.
1: it's a one word but it changes the energy I should not you know eat that ice cream I want to eat that ice cream I'm going to choose to eat that ice cream then suddenly it's like a, an enjoyable experience versus a shaming, right. you know, versus a shaming experience. Yep. I choose to be an entrepreneur. I choose to put myself out there. I choose to be, um, you know, I choose to learn my lessons along the way versus I have to do this work today. I have to go to the office. Mm. You don't really have to do anything, except really, if you want to live, you need to, you, you have to eat and you right. have to sleep right and you have to take care of your bodily functions right but you don't have to if you don't want you you don't you don't have to do that either right because you and and there'll be a consequence but you know it's like you don't have to pay taxes but there's a consequence right. if you choose to pay taxes that's a very different energy right like i i mean even that's that's like a simple thing like i choose to pay my my bills every month with joy because i appreciate the service that has been provided for me Mm. versus poo poo, the service that I'm now paying for. Right. Right. And these are just simple things, but it's stuff that actually gets mired in our body, mind, and spirit. It's energy that we then perpetuate. And there's a way in which we can lighten our load by changing our language. And I really think it's so powerful and a very, it's again, it's simple, and may not always be our default, or or it may not always be easy, you know. But we can choose ease. We can choose joy. We can choose, you know, health, mm-hmm. and we can choose these things. We can choose. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, amen. You, that's an amazing choice. Right. You know what what else do you want to choose around that i choose to be grateful today i choose to be open to the possibilities i choose to connect with three or more people versus i have to connect with three or more people yep. i have to be grateful today i have to do, you know it's like yep. no let's like alleviate that stuff
0: wow 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 this is incredible i mean uh I feel like we could you know go on here for another hour, um, but we're getting to the end of our time, and so I definitely uh, need need to start sending you the correspondence now begging you to come back for a part two and a part three. Uh, but I always I'm always curious. I love to ask leaders, especially in your type of role, um, you know what have you found to be uh, what, how do I word it? Uh, some encouragement, you know so we've got leaders, entrepreneurs. Uh, professionals listening who are trying to figure out how I can you know kind of get this kind of life that you're talking about in your book or accomplish this sort of thing and I know you do a lot of coaching with leaders why is you know having a coach what what can a coach do that kind of helps you bust through some of those barriers and helps you experience you know that life that you've been you've been dreaming of
1: yeah thanks for asking that question that's a great question coach having a coach is like having a trainer at the gym it's like it's about really having that support and that accountability but it's also getting some tools and exercises that you may not have known that you needed or wanted Mm. and it's like people come into the gym with a goal and then in a with a good trainer you're really planning together what that looks like and Mm. the milestones to meet Yep. and the vision that you have and the why behind it. And that's what I do as a, as a coach. It's not just about like the next three months. It's really about what does your 10 year vision look like? What mm-hmm. is happening in your life 10 years from now? How does that feel? What have you chosen that has led you to this moment? You know, And then based on, the, based on that 10 year vision, we think about it in terms of five years, one year, six months three months so that we then create actual goals to meet the vision and so having the coach is really about it's about having someone be witness to you it's about having a partner who's going to ask the right questions to help you act that inner knowing it's about a good coach knows that the client is the expert of the client so i don't come in even though i might have had a an experience that is relatable or, or we might've done similar things. I am not you and you are not me. So I come to the table knowing you are the expert of you. You have an inner blueprint. Mm -hmm. There is something seeking to emerge from you. There's an acorn that wants to grow into the Oak tree. And we get to kind of look at what that is and invite it to start sprouting and grow it and meet your needs along the way. And also really, understand and unpack and navigate when those old stories or those old parts of us are hijacking the head of the table that are not in service to that vision and that Mm. and and those results and so it's about i look at it like in in a minimum of a three-month engagement which for my individual clients it's a minimum of three months and for my executive coaching clients it's usually six months or more yeah and and really i look at it for for in those first three months it's like the setup what do you want why do you want it what what are we creating the second month is about all the gremlins that show up all the Mm. limiting beliefs all that which is in the way and then the third month is about the integration of all of it and really getting on the path to success in the way that you want it to be
0: wow well, I absolutely love that. Thank you for that clarity. And uh, again, just thank you for your time today. I mean, I really do say it genuinely. I feel like you've given us some master class type material here. Before I let you go, I'd like to just do some rapid fire questions. You know, our audience can kind of keep getting to know you. So I know yeah. you had, you know, a lot of time in the TV entertainment world. So cur- just curious if you can answer it. You know, did you have any favorite actors or shows or movies or moments, you know, that you know, you worked on or were a part of?
1: Oh, you're going to ask me to name my my favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this. I worked with amazing people. I worked with um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I worked with Mary Louise Parker. I worked wow. with Laura Prepon. I worked with Mario Lopez. I worked with Mark Consuelos. And um, <laughs> I worked with, um, you know, I, I just, I worked with really amazing humans they and yeah. i had an extraordinary experience with all of them all of them as as creators as artists as actors yep. as people and um i also worked with a an amazing woman named kari Skogland, mm. who was who directed one of my movies that was a, a female driven it was a female. It was a female-driven movie. It was written by a female. It was a. It was a thriller. It was awesome, mm. and um, Kari directed that movie. And Kari is now um, up to direct. She is now directing Gal Gadot in the next Wonder Woman movie, and has just soared. Uh. Um, and she and she will tell you she also was became a client of mine. Wow! And so I have been very, very, very humbled and blessed to call her a friend and a client now. Hmm. And she wrote the forward to my book and just Ah. kind of talked about how we helped her to um, break through the glass ceiling as a female director in that world.
0: Wow. That's just amazing. I I love it. Okay. Another question. Is there a podcast, a YouTube channel that you enjoy either guilty pleasure or, you know, a growth one that you're just, this is my go-to really challenges me or just, I enjoy it. You know, I'm
1: not I hate to admit, even though i did I did a podcast too called Permission to Choose that was um i did thirty six episodes it was on a while ago. I might be doing a new one that um i'm gonna that that's gonna be different it's gonna be coaching people yeah, so um oh, I love that you know i dabble i don't i don't commit i'm more I'm more into um reading i after I wrote my book, I started reading fiction, and that's mm. kind of been my escape and my yes I took a break from any. Self-help
0: for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So living in New York City, is there a favorite season that you have that where New York City is just the best?
1: I mean, I think spring and fall. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love New York City every single day of my life. I feel it is, it is like one of my true loves. I, 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 I feel so lucky to live here. I, I'm a huge New York fan. I love it. I love it. it. So. I love it. I love it. I
0: love all seasons. Well, I'm in Tampa. And so the Yankees uh, spring training facility is about 20 minutes from here. So, uh, ah. love being able to go, uh, last spring sat and, you know, was about 10 feet from Aaron judge and just sort of looked up the entire time. Cause he is oh. uh, one massive human being. So That's so cool. That's <laughs> great. It. No, I'm
1: a, I'm more of a tennis person. I'm getting ready okay. for
0: the, to go to the U
1: S open and wow. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's exciting! You
1: know, my my guy's not there right now. He, my, I'm a Rafa fan. But okay, <laughs> he's, not, he's he's injured, so. Oh, well,
0: thank you again for joining us, Steph. I mean, this was just incredible. I mean, just brilliant. And I would love to know before we let you go, where can we send you know our listeners uh, to find you and all the information about what you do online? So the
1: book, um, you know, the book is available anywhere you buy books f- online. What I would though encourage you to do is to go to my website and and you can click the link on there. But if you go to the um, if you just go to stepzivcom there's an order and receive your free gifts. If you if you go to that page, you'll be able to buy everything, you know, at Amazon or or Books a Million or Bookshop or wherever. But then come back to that order page. And put in your receipt number and your email, and then I have three gifts that I will send you immediately. One of which is um, one of which is a live Q and A that I did with people at, who, who read the book, and it's really mm. robust and a really helpful conversation that will be additive to oh. your experience of, of the book. So I would love your people to buy the book and then come back and, and immediately get their, their free gifts. And, you know, if you're interested in my services, I do offer, um, I do offer a free consultation and people are welcome to reach out to me. Um, also via my, my website or, or my email, which I can give you and we can put in the information Love it. and um, it's just step at stepziv.com okay. and I'd be happy to provide that.
0: Well, perfect. Well, perfect. Thank you again. And yeah, we will definitely put information for the book and your, your website and all that information in the show notes. And thank you again for your time and for being on the podcast. What a great conversation. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Jason. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Well, and thank you to our listeners for joining us on the speak with people podcast. My goodness, every single week is just amazing. We are so honored and blessed to have amazing leaders like Steph on the podcast. I just wanted to remind you, it means the world when you join our podcast community by leaving a review. So if you just go to Apple podcasts and you type in speak with people, scroll down to the bottom, you'll see that little uh, five star thing. Give us, you know, what you think uh, you're experiencing. And then please consider writing a review. It really does help the algorithms and more and more people to help find us. Thanks again for being a part. Hopefully you were challenged today to elevate the importance of practice of healthy communication in your life and leadership. And my hope is that you will speak with people and not at them. We will see you next week.